Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 14. This weekend is Pentecost weekend, and so we're going to start this series that is going to go for the next few weeks, and we're going to do kind of a deep dive into the Holy Spirit, who He is, why He's important to us, and what that looks like for us in our day-to-day lives. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says this, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like a roaring and mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then... What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Let's pray. God, as we look at your word, I pray, Father, that you will show us exactly what we need to see. God, wherever we come from, whatever our history is, in church or not in church, God, I just pray, Lord, that you would illuminate your word and that, God, we would lean in and, and, Lord, that we'd become hungry for more of you. Lord, whatever that looks like for us as individuals, I pray that we will become hungry for more of what you have for us. And, God, we do give you all the praise and all the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we celebrate Pentecost on this weekend... And we're going to do that over the next few weeks because I want us to take some time to, first of all, understand uh, who the Holy Spirit is and, and what it means to us, what, what we can take from that and, and, and what we should be pursuing in our faith journey. Some of you have grown up in a church that is uh, familiar with maybe you, it was a Pentecostal church, and so you're somewhat understanding of what that means, but... If you're not, what we believe is we know that the Holy Spirit is actively working and he has gifts for us. He has things that he wants to do in us and through us. And so as we spend some time looking at this, I hope that it brings some clarity to you. Some of you, again, you've grown up around this. And so you know that normally when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it usually is a, is, is a one-night gathering and then we, we give you opportunity to seek things. But I really want you to know who he is so you understand why it is that we need him and what he wants to do inside of our lives. And so I really hope that you will join us throughout the next few weeks. And then at the end of this, we're gonna offer a Thursday night gathering where we're gonna just spend some time in worship and in prayer. And and for those of you who wanna dive in deeper and to seek uh, more of what the Holy Spirit has for you, we're excited to do that. But maybe you don't know what that the word uh, Pentecost is actually a word that didn't just come about in Acts. It was actually, we can find it in the Old Testament too. And for some of you, maybe you don't realize that because again, for me, many years, I thought that Pentecost was what they named that day. Like that's what took place. And some reason they just thought, hey, we should really name what just took place in this upper room. And so let's call it something. And so they came up with the term Pentecost. And so that in, for a lot of years, I thought that's what it was. But that's not actually what it is. The term Pentecost is, uh, comes from the, the Greek Pentecoste, which means 50th. And it refers to a Jewish festival of Shabbat that celebrated for 50 days after the Passover. And it's also called the Feast of Weeks or the Feast of 50 Days. And it was a celebration of the harvest. So what happened is they had they already, all, these, all these men and women who were in this upper room, they already knew what Pentecost was because it was something that they had celebrated their whole life. But now they find themselves in this room and the Holy Spirit comes and things begin to change. So when the Holy Spirit showed up on that day, 
the name was already there. It already had a meaning to those people. But now 2,000 years later, we understand that Pentecost has a, divine, a, a, a huge, uh, it was a huge point in history where everything changed for the church. And so I want to dig into that a little bit because I think there's something that we can learn. Even those of you who've grown up in the church and you kind of have a, a, a somewhat understanding of, of what the Holy Spirit offers and what he wants to do in our lives. Because sometimes I think we think that, that this last verse that I just read to you is the first time that the Holy Spirit was even existed. But can I tell you, he is throughout all of scripture. So I want us to see some of his history as well. I want to explore the character and the history of the Holy Spirit so that we can under, un, better understand his role in our lives. In church, we spend a great deal of time studying Jesus's character or the Father's character. But when we hear about the Holy Spirit, usually it is, what can he give me? As we look at the Godhead, as we look at the three in one, we need to understand that, that we, don't just, we shouldn't just go to Jesus asking him for things. We shouldn't just go to the Father asking him for things. We are, it's about relationship. We say that a lot here at River of Life. It's about coming into relationship with Jesus. And out of that, does Jesus outpour things into your life that, that make your life? Absolutely. Does the Father do that? Yeah. And same with the Holy Spirit. But often we forgo the getting to know him and we go right to asking him for stuff. And I want us to look at, at why that isn't the way that we should be doing this. So as we look at scripture, I want you to understand a little bit more because maybe you sit in a place where you're like, I, I understand who the father is, I understand who Jesus is, but we need to realize the character of the Holy Spirit. So the father plans and creates, the son brings salvation, and the spirit drives the will of the father. I think that's a good way for us to understand this. Leave that up on the screen for just a moment because for some of you, you need to have this understanding. The Father creates and he plans. The Son brings salvation and the Spirit drives the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit is important. He's not a sideshow. He's an integral part of the Trinity. He's the Godhead. There's three in one and they are all equal parts. Sometimes I think we feel like, oh, well, the Holy Spirit can get, that can get a little weird, so I'm going to kind of leave that off to the side. I'll really focus in on God the Father and God the Son, but the reality is they are all equal, and the Holy Spirit is not weird, okay? People are weird, <laughs> and people do weird sometimes and give him, you know, give him credit for it, right? He's not weird. He's perfect, he is perfect. If Jesus is perfect and God is perfect, the Holy Spirit is perfect because they're the same. They're the three in one. So the Bible is a story about Jesus. It's about the Father, but it's also about Holy Spirit. So he is in the first verses. He's in the last verses. He is throughout scripture we see him. So Genesis in the first two verses introduces Holy Spirit. Before it even introduces Jesus, it introduces Holy Spirit. It says this, Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So look at this. God speaks, Holy Spirit hovers. What's he hovering for? As we continue to read scripture, we would see that the, that verse just told us that the world was formless and it was empty. And the Holy Spirit is now hovering over the waters. Why? He's waiting for God to speak. And as God speaks, he begins to form this earth. 
This is important for us to understand because Holy Spirit isn't just somebody that sits in the, in the back room until someday we need him. He is actively participating all the way back into creation. God speaks, Holy Spirit shows up, and, he, and as we watch through, throughout the creation story, you'll see that God will continue to speak, and Holy Spirit is the one that is making things happen. So why is that important? If you are a Christian and, and you have a non-Christian past, you have, you have nonsense that you've walked through, and I would guess that that is 99% of the people that sit in the room. So if you sit here today and you have, you have this place that you remember, this, this space of your life where you weren't serving God, where, where you were allowing yourself to, to fall prey to the things of this world, you remember what it was like to be, to be formless and empty. And Jesus makes a way. When Jesus makes a way for you, all of a sudden it opens a door for Holy Spirit to be, begin to move inside of your life. And we're gonna talk a little bit more about how Holy Spirit is active in your life from the time of salvation to what it is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So those are two different things. But as we look at this, what you need to understand is uh, in the, as, just as in the beginning of time, when, when God would speak, Holy Spirit would begin to, to fill. He'd create fullness where there was emptiness. And for us, we need to realize that when we were empty before Christ, we, we, uh, when, when we began to trust in Jesus and began to trust in God, then Holy Spirit can come and he can begin to maneuver and make things happen inside of your lives. The Spirit brings order from chaos. Jesus tells us that he, that he came that he might bring fullness of life can I tell you that for some of you, you may sit here today and you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you've had one in the past. You've been hurt by the church, whatever your story is. Oftentimes we feel like when we accept God, what that means is it's gonna take away from us. It's gonna remove things from us. So you may sit here and go, well, I'd like to accept God, but I've got all these things that I really like and I don't wanna give those things up. But can I tell you, Jesus didn't say, I've come to subtract from your life. He said, I've come to bring fullness of life. And as we look at that creation story, we see that it was empty and it was void and Holy Spirit came and he began to bring fullness. God wants fullness for you. He, there are things as you begin to pursue God, will you, will you have things in your life that, that eventually you'll begin to feel like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that anymore. Absolutely. But it won't come at just now I'm empty. It'll come because there's, there's better things that will fill those spots. So the Holy Spirit moved in creation and brought God's word to life. The Holy Spirit, when activated in us, brings God's word, word to life in us. He brings, he brings uh, the promises that we see in this book to life. He changes things in, inside of us because that's what his job is. That's what, that's what he was created to do, or that's what he will do. He wasn't created, he was from the beginning. Genesis 1.26 says this, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They, they will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So listen to this for a moment because he says, let us. God is talking to someone. He's talking to the Holy Spirit. He's talking to Jesus. He's saying, let us create men in our image. 
this was a joint effort. It wasn't just God. It was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit that were doing that. Why today do we see such an emphasis on pronouns? Because God is the only they, them that actually exists. He is the Father, he is the Son, he is the Holy Spirit, and the enemy wants to diminish God's role and mock him by using his own, his own thing against him. He also wants to use his creation against him. And that's why it is important for the church to have an understanding of truth. It's important for us to realize that we can just keep giving up ground and giving up ground and giving up ground, or we can be the church that stands for something. That's part of the reason the Holy Spirit's so important. He empowers us. He strengthens us. He gives us what we need. We're gonna talk about that more in a few weeks. But the enemy wants to diminish God's role and mock him. But God has always been and always will be. We miss out on so much when we discount or ignore Holy Spirit. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse seven. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and, and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Now, I want to look at this story for just a moment because Jesus makes this really profound statement and I think we need to, we need to hear it and we need to try and understand it the best that we can. But Jesus has now been spending all this time with his disciples and and they have walked with him. They've seen miracle after miracle. They've, they've been part of his ministry. It's been an incredible season for them. And now he makes this really what must have seemed like an odd statement because he says, it's best for you that I go. It's best that I leave. And he said, because when I leave, I'm sending someone to you. He's referring to Holy Spirit. He says, when I go, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to be with you. Now, if I was to, if I was to say, hey guys, we have an opportunity today. Uh, this is really rare, but Jesus has made the op option that he would come and he would spend time with us. Like we could walk with him, we could be part of his ministry, we could see what he would do, or we can have the Holy Spirit. I would venture to say that 99.9% .9 of us would say, yeah, I want Jesus here, right? Like that sounds amazing. I would love to just walk with him, to learn from him, to see what he does, to see how he ministers. All of that just sounds incredible. But Jesus says, it's actually best that I'm not here. That, that seems odd to me. And it had to seem odd to the disciples of the day because in this moment, they're, they're thinking, hey, there's gonna be some more incredible stuff that we get to see. But Jesus says, I'm going. But because I'm going, I'm sending an advocate to you. I'm sending somebody that's gonna be with you. And it's actually better for you. How is that possible? So Jesus leaves and he says, this is gonna change things. See, Jesus in human form is amazing. 
Jesus and being able to walk with them and go from town to town and watch demons get cast out and dead being raised to life and the sick being healed and listening to him teach and having a new understanding of God's word and all of that is amazing. So why is it that Jesus would say, it's better if I go? Because Jesus, when he took on the form of man, could be in one place at one time. He was, he was only able to be in one place at one time. And so, so he could only reach so many. But he knew that when he would go, and all of a sudden now, these, these disciples, these men and these women would, would wait, and they, would, they didn't even know what they were waiting for. That's what I find so amazing about this scripture. Jesus didn't say, hey, wait, and eventually you're going to see these like cloves of fire that are going to come, and you're going to speak in different languages. It's going to be incredible. You don't want to miss it. He just said, go and wait. And they did. They didn't wait for 10 minutes. Some of you, man, when, 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 if, if Seth sings two songs at the end of church, you're like, what is happening here? Let's get going. <laughs> I mean, tonight I get it. There's pulled pork and stuff, so I understand. <laughs> but, but these guys, they didn't know what they were waiting for. There wasn't some like cool musician up there. They just waited because Jesus said to. And they sat and they waited and they waited and, and all of a sudden this power came on them. And, and as the Holy Spirit begins to empower them, they go and they begin to have this, this bold faith and they lived in a place where it was not okay to share your faith. It was dangerous. And so, I mean, they'd just seen Jesus had just got killed. And now they get empowered and they go and they begin to share their faith. They begin to tell others about Jesus. They begin to talk about this experience they had. So why is it better? Because the Holy Spirit now empowered them. So now there's not just one walking around. There's 120. Then there's, there's, there's 1,000. Then there's 3,000. Then there's 5,000. See, he, it was a multiplication. It was, it was the thing that we need and we need to understand that when the spirit lives in us, we are empowered and emboldened to go and to change the world. In the beginning, Holy Spirit hovered over darkness and chaos and God's word activated him. He brought order from chaos and he brought light to darkness. So if Holy Spirit lives in us, there's chaos and darkness all around us. So is it that he's unable or is it that we're unwilling? What would happen if the church began to really understand who Holy Spirit is? What would happen if we began to really seek to see what he can do, not what I can do. The world is chaotic and we need him. He's ready, he's willing, and he's able. So over these next few weeks, what I wanna spend some time at, I wanna spend some time looking at who he is, what he does, why he does it, and how. Those are all questions that if we will dig in and we'll find the answers to that, my prayer and my hope is if, if, uh, if Holy Spirit has been something that you've been like, uh, I'm a little leery of that, that you'll have a better understanding of who he is so that, so that God will begin to speak into your life and you will begin to seek what he has for you. I have watched, I've watched people who, who uh, sought after the Holy Spirit and when they received this, this gift of God that, that 
all of a sudden they become way bolder in their faith. They become more powerful and they become, they become less timid about what, what God wants to do inside of their lives. And I just know right now that we live in a time where the church has to have boldness. The enemy is out and he is doing whatever he can to bring destruction. Every time you turn on the news, every time you get onto social media, you can't help but notice all of the things that were, were considered so bad two years ago, three years ago. Now everything is trying to be normalized. And what's not normal now in the church is Holy Spirit. It's time for him to become normal. And for life to begin to be spoken into our, into our world again. We are the light of the world. Some of us, that scares us. And I get it. But man, I just think about Jesus saying, it's better for you. Because I, I don't know how you, how you are, but if you've ever been with somebody who's, who's super bold with their faith and, and you go to play, I, my cousin Dwayne, who's been here multiple times, you can't go sit at a restaurant with him without him like, sharing his faith with the waitress or the waiter or I mean he just is always out, and it's great I love it I love sitting there I love watching him do it it's awesome it's no risk in it for me I'm just sitting there and when Jesus was here that was what was great about it because the disciples got to just sit and they're like front row seat this is awesome look what Jesus is doing but Jesus says, it's better that I go and it's better that I send Holy Spirit to you. Why? Because now you need to be the one to step out. You need to be the one that speaks life into people. You need to be the one that understands that when Jesus said that, that greater things you will do than I've done. It's not because you're greater. It's because Holy Spirit is in you. It's accessible to us. So it's time we start walking it out. Now, if that scares you, then my challenge to you over the next three or four weeks is to just pray. In your personal time, to spend some time and say, God, will you reveal to me what that looks like for me? Maybe even use these words, which are maybe scary to you, but if it's from God, then you know it's good. God, I want whatever you have for me. And just start there. If that's as much as you can muster up to say, then start there. I know that I'm looking at a crowd of people that come from all different faith backgrounds. Some of you have been, have been involved in church for a long time, but this is, again, a subject that you've set to the side. Well, I, my prayer is that over these next few weeks, as we spend time getting to know who he is, you'll begin to understand that this is not scary. It's actually scary not to have him. It's scary in this world not to walk with him. I'm asking everybody in the room if you'll just close your eyes with me for the next few moments. This was a little bit of a shorter message because I did want to just take some time to introduce you to where we're going. Now, for some of you, you could use this as an excuse to stay away, but please don't do that. Come and hear and listen and, and open your mind to what God wants to do inside of your life. But before we go any further, I want to take just a moment today and I just want to ask the question is there anybody in the room who maybe you're here today and you'd say well before any of this I don't even really have a relationship with Jesus maybe you've been in church before or you've you've served Jesus before but if you were honest today you're not even serving him at this point in your life 
And if that's you today, I, I just really felt while we were in worship today that I needed to give this opportunity at the end of this gathering because I believe that there are some in this room that you need to say yes to Jesus. It's not religion. It's not about rules and regulations. It's really about coming to a place where you, you say, I want to I follow what you have for me. He loves you so much and it doesn't matter how messy your life is. It doesn't matter how much you've sinned and messed things up. He's so good and he loves you so much that he wants, he wants to come in and, he, and, and when we ask him into our lives, he forgives us of our sin. The Bible says he takes your sin and your shame and your stuff and he removes it from you. As far as the east is from the west, you can walk out of here. Some of you walked in here and you feel shame and you can walk out of here with that lifted off of you because he loves you that much. So is there anybody in the room today that would just be honest and say, you know, I need to make my relationship right with God. I'm gonna have you put your hand up in just a second. If you're watching this in Star Valley, you can catch Zeb's eye and he would love to pray with you as well. But is there anybody in the, in the house today, you just put your hand in the air. Yeah, thanks man, thanks for your honesty. Is there anybody else that today would just say, hey, I need to make my relationship right with God before I leave today? Yeah, I see you back there. Thank you. One more moment. Yeah, see you back there. I feel like we need to wait one more moment. Is there anybody else that would just say, Jason, will you just remember me in this closing prayer? I just want to make my relationship right with God. Okay. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask everybody in the room, whether you raised your hand or you didn't, I'm going to ask you to just pray this prayer because maybe you're here and you didn't have the, the courage to raise your hand, but you know you need to pray this prayer. You know you need to make this relationship right with God. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you have plans for me. Today I ask you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I'm deciding to follow you. Walk with me. Teach me. Show me who you designed me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, you just started this journey with Jesus Christ, this relationship that is better than any relationship that you will ever have. And I'm so excited for you today. We give them a round of applause, those who raise their hand. Today we're gonna to close with just a little bit more worship, but before we do that, I just I wanna take a moment and I wanna I wanna ask you to again over this next week and maybe in these last few moments to just begin this in your prayer life. To say, God, I I want all that you have for me. I wanna be who you want me to be. And if that's just that simple amount of prayer right there, to be able to say that and to mean it. And, and can I tell you, some of you are going to pray that and you're not going to mean it. Then I'm going to refer you to one of my favorite characters in the Bible whose child was, died and he said, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. So I believe it, but I don't believe it. So help me to believe it. And that's okay. Be real with God. 
But I, my prayer for the next few weeks is that some of you are gonna have an encounter that you never thought possible. That you're gonna experience things in your faith journey that are going to, to um, open you up in ways that you never thought you could be. Because that's the God that we serve. He loves you, he has plans and dreams and desires for you. God, we thank you so much for all that you do. Father, we just pray, I pray over each and every person within the sound of my voice that God, we will become hungry for you. That God, we will no longer be satisfied with where we are, but that Lord, we will lean in and trust you and that you will show yourself to us in new and exciting ways. We praise you give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana. We exist for one purpose, to make Jesus famous by showing his love to the lost, broken, and hurting. For more information, you can check us out online at rolmt.com. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus today, we'd love to talk to you about what comes next. Shoot us an email at nextstep at rolmt.com. Thanks.